0: We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube, you eat like the tube, you raise your children like the tube, you even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's
1: name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off! Right in the middle of a sentence I'm speaking to you now!
2: Turn them off!
3: Hey folks, it's time now for the General Knowledge Podcast. This is season three, episode five. Uh, we've got a fantastic show lined up for all you listeners in this one, and it's uh, right on point and uh, a massive topic we're going to go through. And uh, paradigm shifting, I reckon. This is um, this has been a, a really good time for paradigm shifts, and I mean, Andy was at the paradigm shift on the Gold Coast, so uh, <laughs> he's joined with us uh, for this episode. Andy, how you going, brother?
1: I'm good thanks general yeah, yeah i really really good
3: this is all about just um expanding our minds and getting away from the the current narrative and paradigm isn't it we've we've kind of set a bit of a theme I think for this year so far
1: I think definitely I definitely I think the show is going in this direction general yeah, yeah. awesome I had a nice little um like acupuncture session this afternoon so it was beautiful Oh cool so a little um like like a bit of a tune up so um does so, Billy, yeah, does like Billy to... do that for you, or do you go somewhere else? Uh, no, I went somewhere else. Ah, okay. That.
3: Awesome. And uh, Ethan Nash from TOTTnews.com is with us as well. Ethan, my brother, how you going, man?
4: Good, General. Good to be here. Um, I'm all about paradigm shifts and changing perspectives, and I'm looking forward to today's episode. Yeah, it it's all about be good. that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if
3: you listened to, um, with our, our episode on the bonus show with, uh, Marie LaPrette, you know, we had a lot of, uh, talk about, you know, uh, expanding our minds and awakening and changing. There's all this sort of stuff. So it's very on point with that sort of thing too, because that's what, we're kind of really going through at the moment we're trying to get everyone to i kind of guess change their change their perspective on things um in this episode it really is going to focus on health i think mate that's probably gonna, definitely the way to go now is looking after our own health because we can't trust the government to do it
4: for, do it for us can we no we can't and it's definitely a, a critical vital um topic to discuss you know health is really one of the fundamental core aspects of of reality in general. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it, our health really dictates everything and not just our physical health, but also our mental health, the health of a society. You know, there's a, a lot of elements that you can take it, but you know, just on a on a fundamental, you know, body basis, we're being attacked from all angles. And it's part of this ongoing, what I like to call the Epsilon agenda. Um, and so it's it's vital to to try and disconnect from that. So I'm looking forward to discussing and sharing some new information on this podcast, mate.
3: Mm, that's it, man. We are in the brave new world right now, brother.
4: <laughs> yes,
3: it's time for us Absolutely. to to get to the next level, though, and um, cast down these uh, you know. This the Epsilon agenda that they've got suited up for us, and uh, we're going to move, we're going to shift, we're going to move slightly to the left, we're going to take that little step to the left, and we're going to go our own way, and they mm-hmm. can run parallel to us and into doom, but we're going to run parallel in the other direction and um, and take ourselves into enlightenment, I think, you know, that's what this is all about, man, but uh, for this show, folks, we've got uh, a, big one, a big one lined up for you, we've got some f- uh, wonderful guests joining us from the UK. Uh, They have co-authored a book together called What Really Makes You Ill? Why Everything You Thought You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. And I love this topic. This is fantastic. This is right up our alley and it's basically been, it's right on point for where we are right now, especially with this whole ridiculous COVID myth and all the crap that's been going through. Well, pretty much this entire last 12 months, I mean, we were kind of broaching the subject of coronavirus and stuff around this time last year, if you go back and listen to the shows from last season, folks. But, you know, we're in the thick of it now, I mean, we nearly need to, to kind of change the mindset of uh, how we think about what health is, what makes us ill, and who better to, to talk about this stuff with us than David Parker and Dawn Lester. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having us on. Uh, It's It's good to be here. It's good to be here and it's good to chat to you guys. And uh, yeah, as you say, I hope we can uh, sort of put some new information out to people so that they can uh, not only realise just how much the world is being deceived by the uh, stuff that's been put out by governments and the medical system, um, but uh, to see the truth of it and uh, to be able to take... Back control, and uh, not only of their lives, but uh, importantly of their health. Mm. Um, as we often say to people, health, natural health, is a very simple affair, um, and it's not it's not improved or uh, by the medical establishment, which was a big shock to us when we first started investigating this, which was uh, over ten years ago. Uh, the book, uh, "What Really Makes You Ill," uh, took us. 10 years worth of research wow. um, So, uh, because we wanted it to be right uh, and that's why the title is so challenging because we put ourselves in that position because like everyone else uh, prior to us starting to investigate this um, we were brought up to believe the same as everyone else that uh, germs of one sort or another made you ill whether it was bacteria or viruses um and that uh, vaccinations were good for you because they prevented uh, you getting these diseases you know this is what we were all brought up to believe um but we sort of well dawn and i as as, uh, i've said we've now written together for over 20 years but the and the very first book that we wrote was nothing to do with uh, the medical establishment it was actually about the nature of reality um so it was more physics and science um, orientated um, and we wrote under a pen name then, uh, N-O-R, which st- stands for the nature of reality. Um, and that was our first little book because uh, about what we're here for, what life's all about, is there a purpose to it? You know, what happens to us when we die? You know, little, little not, <laughs> <like> that. <really. laughs> just a few I, things to ponder, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just a few things to ponder, yeah. Uh-huh. So um, that's what that book was about, but it was during the course of that book um, that there was one of the chapters uh, involved needing some information about viruses which uh, dawn and i realized we didn't know a lot about only what uh, we'd been brought up to believe so we started to investigate and soon found out that um, the rabbit hole just got deeper and deeper and uh, as it happened the first uh, disease if you like that we came across and it was purely by chance uh, to investigate was the hiv aids thing Mm. Now, I won't go into details because I I think you may have uh, uh, talked about this on your show before, but it soon became obvious to us. I mean, we spent an awful lot of time searching that out because it was very shocking. You know, we'd been brought up to believe, you know, there was this deadly virus uh, that uh, caused AIDS and that uh, the programs we were being told was going to kill millions of people worldwide. Yeah, we had that same
3: fear-mongering scare campaign here in Australia, didn't we, boys? We had ads on TV, Dawn and Dave, that portrayed you know uh the grim reaper as you know death was in a bowling alley and the pins were human beings you know what i mean and he's bowling this you know the ball down and it's knocking people over and it was all about aids and it's you know the virus and it's all scary and that was in the 80s it was terrifying and it scared people
0: silly yeah oh absolutely Uh, we we had the same over here it was well we had sort of tombstones on falling over and things like that yep so yeah um Again, big propaganda campaign and uh, obviously uh, we can now draw parallels between the campaign and the lies and complete non-science that was being put out around the AIDS thing, as is being done now, exactly the same, only on steroids now with (laughs) with what they're doing.
2: It's everywhere around the world.
0: But what Mm. we found is that there was no scientific evidence for a virus being the cause of it and there was much more probable causes. Um, such as the use of uh, recreational drugs in the San Francisco Uh, they were using poppers which is amyl nitrate which is extremely toxic uh, which was kicking off the uh, illness in these guys uh, who just happened to be homosexual Uh, but their illness was nothing to do with being homosexual it was the recreational drugs which they then went on to take uh, high dose antibiotics which is also very toxic which we talk about in the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, The doctors at the time thought they were dealing with something new, uh, didn't know what they were dealing with, uh, and then sort of experimented on them with uh, various drugs, the main one being uh, AZT, or AZT, as the Americans call it. I've heard of that, Which was actually a chemotherapy drug it was you know but it's like they always do oh we'll just try this then Um, bit of experimentation but in the level, dose level that they were giving to people at that time everyone died Um, literally everyone and uh, you know famous people like Freddie Mercury and uh, Rudolf Nurioff you know they fell victim to that Uh, and uh, the German doctors that you had on recently will will confirm that, that uh, everyone who took that level of dose of AZT died. But, of course, the medical establishment didn't want to admit that, but they realised what was happening, and so they lowered the dose level. I think they still use AZT, AZT but uh, a much lower level. So, basically, it just takes longer before people die. Yes,
2: yeah, and different combinations. Um, they yeah. use drug combinations, and it is a,
0: um, a so, lower dose. So, that was the first... Cutting a long story short, we do explain it in depth in the book, um, which i I just point out that the book is nearly 800 pages long with 40 pages of citations from the research papers that we studied over the 10 years. So it's quite it's quite a tome of a book because mm. we, we, we sort of wrote it like a detective story. And too. When when was the book published? When, when did it first well, come out? Almost this time last year. It was published at Christmas last year. Wow, so okay. it was... It was before anyone knew officially about uh, this coronavirus the COVID nonsense. COVID
3: nonsense, yeah. Wow, good timing. Oh, yes. What a, you couldn't have timed that better, I think.
2: No. <laughs> no, a lot of people have said that to us, um, <laughs> but. But Obviously, we don't actually include uh, reference to Covid, um but what's in the book will um, can be easily extrapolated to what's going on at the moment, you know the the, the idea of viruses, but uh, I'm sure we'll get into that shortly. Yeah.
0: so so what we found, uh, that was our first big shock when we realised that uh, not only was there no proof that there was a virus causing this uh, AIDS epidemic, um but there were no scientific papers to prove it either because uh, we look for them, and people, I mean, you've heard of Carrie Mullis, I'm sure, the Correct. inventor yep. of the ECR. Right. Uh, and he was around at the time, and uh, he looked for those papers as well, the scientific papers, to prove it. And, uh, you know, he's on record in, uh, also stating that uh, those papers don't exist. So we knew there was a big fraud going on, but to us, uh, as our first introduction to the, the lies that were being told by the medical establishment and the lack of science behind anything they were doing. That was a big shock to us. And uh, Dawn and I said to one another, well, you know, if they were so wrong about that, what else are they wrong about? And and that's really where it started. And that was the start of our 10 years research onto all the diseases, the mainstream diseases, that we wanted to look at. Um, And and the same thing came up, that we realised that it didn't matter whether it was a disease that was supposed to be caused by uh, a bacterium or whether it was a disease that was supposed to be called by, caused by a virus. We found that there was no scientific evidence to prove any of these claims and that there was much more probable reasons for the causes of any of these diseases. Um, and so we we sort of looked at all the main diseases that people think about, whether it's tuberculosis or measles. So did you, or, yeah, did
3: you uh, focus on on those the diseases that the vaccine com- you know, manufacturers are, you know, pushing on everyone, like the your your hepatitises, your um, like you said, measles, mums, rubella. Did you, you know, whooping cough? Did you, did you sort of focus yeah. on all those ones? Yeah,
0: we yeah. we looked at anything to see whether there was any scientific, truly scientific evidence to prove that uh, a virus or a bacterium was the cause of it, mm. and uh, there wasn't in every case. And we even looked at uh, animal diseases as well. Uh, to see whether the same theory that we were coming up with at the time uh, rang true for animal diseases, and we, we found that it did. You know, We even looked at, uh, that you may remember in the UK, we had uh, uh, what became, became called uh, mad cow disease, mm-hmm. which seemed to be something that just really affected the UK and sort of nowhere else in the world, which was a bit of a mystery in itself. Um, so we thought, OK, let's have a, a look at that and see whether there is tr- truly a germ that's uh, causing this uh, illness in the cows um, or something else. And again, going a long story short, because we do detail it in the book, um, we found that it was uh, due to the ministry, the government ministry uh, insistence that the cattle were dipped in a solution of uh, organophosphate which in itself is a neurotoxin. But what really made it peculiar to the UK is that the Ministry uh, specified dose of this organophosphate was sort of almost four times what it was anywhere else in the world. And this is what was so toxic, obviously seeping into the uh, spinal columns and uh, causing a a neurological collapse in the cows, hence they lost use of the limbs and fell over and appeared to be going mad. Um, but of course, uh, that was not something that the government wanted to admit to when it was finally found out, although people do know about this. Um, but that was just the start of it. And uh, you know literally tens of thousands of cattle were uh, destroyed in this in the UK, uh, based on a lie and based on a cause that was caused by the stupidity of the government. Um, and so it went on. So everywhere we looked, whether it was in animals or humans, we could not find no truly scientific evidence to prove their claims, but plenty of evidence to prove that there were other causes, natural causes, uh, generally uh, poisoning of one sort or another. Uh, So uh, as well as finding out uh, what really made you ill, of course, we we needed to look at uh, what really made you ill. Um, So we knew that people got ill, Uh, But we now knew that it was nothing to do with so-called germs, so we needed to look at the causes of what really made people ill, hence the main title of the book, What Really Makes You Ill. Mm. Um, And that was all part of our quest. And in the book, as we explain, it all boiled down to uh, what we call the four factors. Um, And those four factors, uh, which we explain in detail and we can go into, but just briefly, Uh, Their lack of proper nutrition, uh, toxic overload, uh, EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, and uh, uh, long and prolonged uh, emotional stress. And those are the four factors. And we found that all illnesses that affect uh, humans uh, boiled down to one or more of those four factors. So they're all things that you could do something about. Uh, EMFs are a bit difficult to uh, uh, shield yourself from, but we can we can talk a bit about that later. Mm. But but the other things, um, nutrition um, is easy for people to do something about um, because that's your diet basically.
2: Yep.
0: And um, uh, we we found that uh, if you don't have the right level of nutrition, um, then the body cannot handle the free radicals that get produced on a normal daily basis. Uh, but on a, uh, the body can normally handle with the, those free radicals uh, and flush them out. If if it's unable to do so, those free radicals uh, can a- attack the body down at cellular level. And, and if that's prolonged, obviously it starts to damage organs. And so all sorts of things can develop, including cancers, of course. But if you have the right level of uh, nutrition... Then from your sort of fruit and vegetables, basically, um, the body has produces antioxidants from that food, which immediately counteract free radicals. And that's mm-hmm. the normal process of the body. So that's the natural process. But of course, uh, people, particularly in this day and age, uh, can eat a lot of fast food, you know, uh, or processed food, uh, which is very low in nutrition. And so, even though they're having uh, what they may think is a a good quantity of food, it's actually low in nutrition. And yeah, so, it's, it's the dead the in a not, sense,
3: isn't it? It's just yeah. devoid of nutritional value altogether, pretty much. Exactly. Empty, empty so, calories, as they say. <laughs>
0: well, that that too. <laughs> and of course, with the uh, factory farming methods of today, um, a lot of. Uh, Artificial fertilizers are used and pesticides, herbicides, so the crops get sprayed with poisonous, toxic stuff. The soils become depleted of uh, natural minerals. And so even the food that's grown in it, uh, which you may buy in your supermarket, uh, may look okay. Um, But it's because the plants have not been able to draw up the nutrition from the soil because it's depleted. Uh, because it's just they're just living in artificial fertilisers which don't contain the right levels of minerals, so the plants that you then eat again can be low in nutrition. Mm. So that's why we sort of recommend as much as possible to eat organic food, fruit and veg. Uh, so it, it's not just some fad thing; it's because of uh, the necessity to be able to get these the right levels of nutrition. So that that's where it starts with your diet. Um,
2: but also by um, eating organic, where you've got uh, fewer um, pesticides and chemicals used. I mean, they're they're not guaranteed to be completely free from uh, various um, toxic chemicals. But um, by doing that, you're also reducing your toxic intake, which you know. Uh, so it's sort of a, a double whammy to do that. It certainly isn't a it certainly isn't a fad to really focus on what you're eating uh, it's actually more important than ever because um because the increasing use of uh, chemicals in in just about all parts of um our lives you know in, in just about everything that we do and use are made of these chemicals which we're told are you know good for us and everything but uh no they they, they can be quite harmful so the the Effects of toxic chemicals can be reduced by increasing the nutritional level of uh, your yeah. nutritional intake, I should yeah.
3: say. Oh, uh, so I'm basically, also... what you're saying, sorry to interrupt, uh, Dave. Yeah. So, yes, okay. you, what you're basically, um, I guess, suggesting is that you know, we, we, we have these constant insults on our bodies with you know, chemical overexposure and a whole bunch of other things, which if you're Living a healthy life, you're eating really good healthy foods and so forth, then you've got a much better chance of, like you said, fighting off and getting rid of and disposing of these free radicals and therefore staying healthy and not getting ill. But right. if that's not a part of your life, if you're, you know, maybe, you know, you're trying to eat healthy and you're, you know, you, you're kind of just trying to mitigate, I guess, the levels of of the insult in a sense, then um, you might end up losing that battle if you're not getting the right amount of it. You know? And that's when people start getting things like, um, yeah, they might get a, uh, not, not really, or maybe influenza or something, you know, like they'll start getting sick every now and again. And yeah, it's not from a that yeah. they caught from someone else at the shops or whatever. It's really just because they're not looking after themselves and it's just their way, you know, the body, I guess, dealing with that insult in a sense, isn't it?
0: yes
2: yes i mean that's why the subtitle is why everything you thought you knew about disease is wrong because even these uh um, conditions that are given the label cold and flu they're not actually diseases that you get they're part of the body's processes of expelling toxins Mm, and that's what Um, i wanted
3: to get into next if that's okay
2: yeah no absolutely i was gonna say you know that's an important part of it that you know these aren't diseases nothing to do with germs but also they're part of the natural process, so it's a complete inversion of what we're told. Mm. You know, it's not a bad thing to have these detox in, uh, symptoms, and they, sh- you know, they shouldn't be suppressed, and certainly not with pharmaceuticals. That's for sure.
3: Well, you've got this fantastic quote on your website, actually, which I've I read earlier from Voltaire right at the bottom of the page where it says doctors are men who prescribe medicines of which they know little to cure diseases of which they know less in human beings of whom they know nothing (laughs) it's a fantastic quote it is so true like it is ringing absolutely true these days they they have no idea like you go to I you remember going to the doctor when i was a kid and you know i might have a oh geez a sinus infection or something you know and oh yeah here's the amoxicillin you know like and before long, my mum sort of cottoned on like, you know, he's just prescribing the same thing. Is it really doing anything? I don't know. He's is it? He's not like he's dying. He gets over it pretty quickly. Is, it, is that because he's taking the amoxicillin? Yeah, like the penicillin. I'm like, eh, who knows? I didn't know when I was a kid, but I, I kind of knew. I, I always had a gut feeling I knew what caused illness like you you would see these pictures on tv like the world vision ads you know talking about the poor starving kids in africa and how they're they're so ill and stuff and you know they've got all their flies on their face and you know they're crippled or you know, there's always something wrong with these little african kids and but to me i wasn't just there you know, thinking oh these kids need medicine i was like these kids need some food and water and shelter and you know they need the basics of 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 humanity, basically, to to live a normal yeah. life, and they won't get sick. That's how I always understood it. I never thought to myself, I oh, I need to try and do- you know donate money to these kids so they can you know get a vaccine or something. It was always in my yeah. gut feeling that it was just you know the the basic necessities of life: good 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 food, clean water, clean air, and shelter. You know, and these they were yes. lacking in one or more of these areas. And of course, since that's why they look like little skeletons and they're diseased. That was always my yeah. gut feeling of, of course but um as uh, it seems it was it, that seems to be the case really and wasn't what modern, modern medicine was saying that they were deficient in uh cholera vaccines you know
0: <laughs> yeah. well you're, uh, your, your gut feeling was absolutely right i mean and of course people like the bill gates foundation of course they they desperately want to uh under the guise of we're doing a good thing for africa or any of these other so-called third world countries you know because we want to bring medication to all these people um and really what they're doing is b- bringing ill health to all these people because uh you know we can go into all of that because none of nothing that the pharmaceutical companies produce cures anything uh uh-huh. and that can easily prove nothing yeah. cures anything but it can be proved that they cause lots of ill health just the same as vaccinations there is no such thing as a safe and effective vaccination and we we cover that in great depth in the book. We also look at, because uh, you mentioned antibiotics, because uh, mm-hmm. the medical establishment sort of hails that as one of the greatest inventions of the 20th century. Yeah. Or, the, or whole not, pen, the whole
3: penicillin century.
0: myth, really. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah.
2: penicillin, yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. Uh, and we show that for what it is. Um, it, it's actually nothing of the sort because, uh, I mean, you look at the name, antibiotics, it means anti-life. That's what it means. So you know there's a problem there straight away. So you're taking something that says it's anti-life. So it's designed specifically to kill things. And it's designed specifically, supposedly, to kill a bacteria or in your body. But what it tends to do when people that claim, oh, yeah, well, I took the antibiotics and, uh, you know, the thing cleared up. Well, what it actually does, because antibiotics is seen by the body, quite rightly, as a toxin, it is very toxic. And what happens he, when the body sees it as a toxin, It wants to get rid of it as quickly as possible. And it fires up the endocrine system of the body, which uh, there's various things in that mm-hmm. various uh, that produce hormones and things like that. But it, it fires up the whole endocrine system to clear out that uh, toxin the antibiotic as quickly as possible Uh, and in doing so any other toxin that was in the body that was actually the cause of why you were ill gets flushed out with it so um, it's really just the body doing what it would have done naturally anyway Um, but it's doing it quicker but the downside of it is is the more you use antibiotics the more it fires up the endocrine system is you you burn the endocrine system out, so to speak? You know, to be like over-revenue car engine continuously. You know, something's going to burn out, and and you you mess it up. Well, there's and also
3: what, the Overprescription prescription of antibiotics causes res- antibiotic-resistant you know, bacteria and stuff too, doesn't it? Isn't that a, another well, that's, thing that's happening? That's what they
2: say. Yes. The problem is, of course, that um, in the same way as viruses, the um, bacteria are completely misunderstood. I mean, they're believed to be uh, the bad guys, and that's why they created these antibiotics in the first place, because they thought... The human body was sterile and that uh, any bacteria that were found in the body were invaders and the causes of disease. They've since found, of course, that bacteria are normal, to, uh, normal inhabitants of the human body in, in their absolute trillions. Um, the microbiome. Some, yes, of course, and um, but that's not filtered out into the general public and we're still, uh, well, People who aren't aware of this still think that it's a good idea to take antibiotics because bacteria are the nasties, they're the germs, they're the, you know, I mean, people just sort of shudder to think of, you know, bacteria on something. Um, But that's a complete misunderstanding because what bacteria do... that they they perform an important function. They're what we refer to as uh, the cleanup crew or part of it, or the main part of it. They help to break down and uh, release uh, all the toxic material, dead and dying matter, um, they do that in the environment I mean that's known uh, through bioremediation um, but they do they perform the same thing in the body I mean they break down the food into its various components um, but they do so throughout the body I mean cells die all the time um, and they help to break down and release those um, those that matter in in to to be expelled from the body um, that's all normal but when the body is under attack and it's um, you know and there are damaged cells, then they're more likely to have more um, bacteria in that, which is why they find uh, bacteria in diseased tissue, because they're helping to clean it up. They're not the cause. Um, So, yeah, everything's inverted. Um, So uh, it is possible, because of uh, the way bacteria are, that they are able to adapt to not be poisoned by antibiotics. Um, But it's, it's sort of a misnomer to say they're... Um, antibiotic, you know they're resistant, resistant yeah because um, yeah, it, it still claims it, it still kind of gives the impression that bacteria are still a problem if you've got them in the body and that, that just simply isn't the case I well, mean we can what, go into more detail and talk um, about pleomorphism as well because you get different types of bacteria for different types of toxic situations but I mean that, that's
0: but what the medical establishment failed to tell people when they've been giving them lots of doses of uh, <clears throat> antibiotics is it's, uh, you know, their excuse is uh, when it stops working, their excuse is that, uh, oh, well, we're, we're getting uh, superbugs, you know, they're uh, they're becoming resistant uh, to the antibiotics. So we've got to invent some new antibiotics to, to sell you. Which but, are even stronger. <laughs> but what they fail to tell you, it's not that they're getting superbugs, it's the fact that they've burnt out the endocrine system, the body's natural working mechanism, by over-revving it, like I use the engine analogy, Mm -hmm. and so that it no longer functions properly. Um, So it's them that's wrecked it, as always, with their drugs. Because Um, they're
2: increasing the, you know, they're poisoning the body even more.
0: Yeah. 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 Um,
3: It's just another toxic insult on the body that we're trying to deal with, isn't it? uh,
2: Exactly. Exactly. And that's why people fail to recover or become more ill. It's not because the bacteria are taking over. It's because the so-called medicines they're taking are actually poisoning them. Can we? I mean, um, my... Sorry. Oh,
0: sorry. No, but no. Go ahead.
3: I was just going to say, can we just take? a... I kind of sidetracked a little bit. Can we? Because uh, Dawn was sort of explaining a little bit, then I interrupted. But um, about obviously how um, you know, does, viruses are technically the the body's cleanup crew. You know, if there's some sort of insult and you know, it needs the body no, needs to cleanse and whatever it is, yeah, that's that's the body. Um, you know what what we think viruses are aren't actually a disease so to speak you know what i mean like we're, we're taught no. that all these viruses are around the place and they're all going to come and get us but you know I, I have heard talk of there's the body has its own virome like there's many viruses that the body has but we've got to kind of change how we think um viruses yes. what they are and stuff is that is that yes. right yes
2: yeah um we have a different um, slightly different take on on that bacteria are alive they are living organisms um, that um, uh, inhabit the body Mm -hmm. viruses are completely misunderstood Um, there are particles that are labeled virus um, but these particles are non-living they are completely inert they cannot do anything and from the research that we've conducted, we can't see that there's any evidence that they are anything other than cellular debris. Um, so, as, as I was saying, cells die all the time in the body. That's a normal process. Even within a healthy body, the um, cells uh, die and, and regenerate. I mean, I, I think um, there are various um, reports out that show that, you know, uh, different organs have complete uh, completely uh, A complete change of cells uh, every so many years. I mean, you know, so we're effectively not the same body um, all the time. Mm. You know, the cells keep renewing. So obviously, the healthier the um, the body is. healthier that the cells the new cells are Um, but as i say even in a healthy body cells are are changed renewed and so they die they're broken down and released from the body expelled through normal processes you don't necessarily you know you you wouldn't notice that you don't have symptoms so that's one thing but these um but the particles that are called viruses um are given some kind of uh, attributes but they're they're even recognized i mean there there are different um arguments about whether they're sort of alive not alive or whatever but there is no evidence that they are living at all and as i say the um the only um well there's no evidence that they do anything and the only evidence that we can find is that they're cellular debris you know that the cells break down and so they package up um the, the different materials so they're what these particles are pieces of genetic material in a protein coating. So,
3: and they can't, um, can they do anything to the body, or no. they, they just sort of float there's around no, until they're removed? Is that
2: There's no evidence that they do anything at all because they, they have.
3: They're
2: not alive, are they? they? Like, they're not alive. They have no. Um, uh, ability to to be motile to be to, to do anything i mean i know they claim to uh, replicate in cells but they they can't they can be acted upon by the cell so it's if there's any action it's the cell which is alive which is living that that can do something with that material um but it's it's a mistake to think of viruses as things it's um the virus is a name given to these particles but it's a misnomer because um as we say in the book the the origin of the word virus is from the latin for poison i I think it's also got connotations to venom you know like snake venom Mm. so that's the origin of the word and the idea of calling these particles viruses and giving them some kind of activity is, is a complete mistake uh, but it's obviously serves all kinds of purposes because it can be made well it and and as it is makes people um live in fear of catching this so called particle that you know it's an invisible enemy and can yeah. do all sorts of nice things but there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever that that any virus um could, can do or any of these particles that are called viruses i mean that's how we try and talk about them now because to call them viruses is to is to uh well that is a loaded term so people have preconceptions when you use that term so we try and say you know these particles that are called viruses there's um so the idea that there's a a virome i mean they're because cells break down, these particles can be found, obviously, in their trillions within the body. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, but they, but so it so might try- give the
3: appearance, in a sense, that there's this virus when it really isn't. Like it's it's just your body's cells constantly breaking down and you know trying to get out, yeah. trying to get get flushed away from the system. I guess, but in a sense, yeah. people are looking at going, "Oh, there's all these viruses, and they're just living there by themselves." And when that's probably mm-hmm. not actually the case, then right.
0: It's- it's not. And, uh, you know, this is one of the big things that we spent a lot of time on, is looking for scientific evidence, I mean, truly scientific evidence, to show that these particles do anything. I mean, we know that there's a whole industry called virology, yeah, <laughs> which exactly. uh, owes its, uh, its sole existence for uh, believing that uh, these particles do something. And uh, we, again, look at what their work is and of course their work is is purely done in petri dishes in laboratories and uh, we've often explained it as if you imagine dropping a pane of glass on the floor and it breaks into a hundred pieces and that piece of glass represents a cell And then the virologist comes along and starts to look at all those pieces, which are different sizes and shapes, and then starts giving names to each of those different pieces and uh, attributing functions to each of those different pieces. And uh, in their laboratory, in their petri dishes, they put different stains and colours on them and look at them under their electron microscopes and assume that they're doing this, that and the other. But when you look for the scientific papers to say, well, okay, if that's your theory, that you think this particular piece that you're calling virus X, Y, Z, does something, where is the proof? Because there are a certain basic technique that's required to be able to prove this. And first of all, uh, sensibly, you would need to isolate that piece, which is called the purification, isolation and purification. Uh, Then when you've purified it, isolated and purified it, you need to be able to categorise its full genetic makeup, so it's fully identified and categorised, and then the final step would be to take that isolated, purified particle, introduce it into a living being, ideally a human being, and they would be supposed to develop the disease that you've attributed to it. And that's that's the sort of gold standard that, that the medical establishment is that have set it themselves.
3: Postulates is that the word there is it is, is, it is. Cox, yeah Cox, Cox postulates, postulates Cox yes postulates yeah.
0: Uh, and and this is their own rules, and yet for viruses, they've never done it once—not once.
3: Yeah. Not once <laughs> now, just before staggering. we started recording, Dave, we we um, sort of just prefaced the um, the interview of the with the belief that I myself uh, and Ethan as well and Andy that we're on the side that there is no COVID nineteen, there is no coronavirus. It's causing all this you know mayhem, and we've been of this stance for. Well, geez, probably the better. Well, probably all of this year. You know, we've we've always had this doubt, haven't we, boys? You know, all like, of this year, general. Yep. Yeah. Same with you, Ethan. Eh? Like we just this entire year, man. We've never thought that there is this thing out there that's going to come and get us. We never believed it, did we, Ethan?
4: No, no, yeah. General, because, you know, to the a lot of the points that have been discussed on this episode, you know, from things like the AIDS epidemic and, you know, previous so-called pandemics that have arisen um, flu, throughout yeah. the world. Yeah, and even back to, you know, the Spanish flu, the mm-hmm. so-called Spanish flu, which I um, spoke to Jim West about, you know, his research into how pesticides influenced that. You know, it it all yep, we've another known... Toxic assault. Yeah, absolutely. And we've known that, you know, there's been intergenerational toxic assault um, on the masses for for many years now. So when coronavirus, the so-called coronavirus come along, obviously red flags were already immediately there. And as time has gone on, you know, from the you know original thoughts of, oh, it's a bioweapon and all this type of stuff that people might have been concerned with, they've seen that it's just, you know, another invention from the uh the medical hoax industry which it is a hoax you know it's mm. a, it's one of the strongest branches of the what i call the cult of scientism the religion of science you know which is you know a, they've told us that they've synthesized nature and they're here to help us when they they really haven't they've just created um, more disease death and sickness it's, and and continue to profit off they've, it all yeah, the Well
3: they've created a business to sustain their own establishment really
4: absolutely and all of the all of the scientific papers as um dawn was alluding to and many of the scientific papers are fraudulent um you know a, a lot of the foundational basis that many of these um, industries are, are based on um you know are completely made up or completely influenced completely staged and it's it's all designed to distract people it's one of the greatest deceptions that's ever been pulled on mankind you know to distract people that there's these viruses out there that you'll catch and that you know come to our our white coat you know rogues we'll take care of you we're here to help you when in reality that's not the case it, it's actually far from the case it's actually accelerating quite a dark agenda mate
3: mm-hmm. yeah well said man um so because i just wanted to sort of again remind folks like that was pre pre. Uh, pre-show, we had a sort of chat about that. And we established Absolutely. that that's where that's that's where we're at. We um we are not of the belief that this is a thing that's out there coming to kill us. And I think um I, I listened to an interview. And I, have you guys heard of um oh, his name's just escaping now. Um, what's that? The journalist that Adam has on his show from time to time, boys. You remember um John. John Rappaport. Rappaport, that's the one. I couldn't remember his name. Yes, um, yes, yes. You've, you've heard of John Rappaport, guys? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. He's fantastic because yes. I remember hearing a show he did, I can't remember who he was with, but and he was talking about the swine flu um, epidemic back in the day and how the CDC basically have this special branch that they have of Virus hunters, so to speak, that when something comes up, some people start, you know, mysteriously dying of some, you know, unknown disease of some kind. That they send in these so-called virus hunters, who are yeah. whose only job is to come back with with a new virus to so say we it must be a new virus. We found this new novel type virus, or it's a, a branch of another virus, or whatever. This is causing all this problem. We need to come up with a, you know, a plan, a vaccine, blah, 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 blah. And he was talking about the swine flu epidemic back in the day and how this started on, like, pig farms in Mexico or somewhere, some poor, not you know, not second world country, but third world country, maybe. And you guys might know this story better than I do, but I was just sort of telling it for the listeners. But, you know, these pigs in this pig farm where the swine flu apparently was, was discovered, you know the the conditions there were appalling there was this like toxicity everywhere it was overload toxicity overload everywhere like you know the waste from the pigs and the pig pens and things were just all over the place the pigs were rolling in their own mess all the time it was disgusting and dirty the air became very toxic in there like staff were going in there having to wear face masks and you know rebreathers and things because they couldn't couldn't stand the smell and but it wasn't just the smell, of course, there was this air of toxicity about this whole place. And obviously one of the couple of the workers, well, all started getting the same sort of sickness and illnesses. And lo and behold, they, they thought it was a new virus because of the pigs. The pigs are passing on this new virus to people. And you know, then the swine flu epidemic went from there. But obviously it wasn't that. It was pure toxic overload that these people were getting sick from. Um yeah. Yeah. yeah, so and that just reminded me of everything you were just saying. I just just came to mind. I'm like, oh that's exactly what, you know, John Rappaport was talking about in this article. And then they have the CDC comes out with these virus hunters, just like they did with um, you know, the 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 so called coronavirus, the COVID nineteen, as we've been led to believe. Well most of the people yeah. anyway, not us of course, but um yeah, so I wanted to, to just change gears a little bit now. And you guys are smack bang right in the middle of the UK now where We're seeing headlines all over Australia this last, what, today or yesterday, whatever it was, um, with the Pfizer COVID-19 UK vaccine is being rolled out Mm -hmm. as we speak. And that little old lady was apparently the first person to get it, which I actually don't believe she did, but that's what we're being led to believe. Um, So I kind of wanted to get your take on, um, first of all, obviously you guys are, of course, of the same belief. Let's clear this up right now. Is there, yes or no, is there a COVID-19 virus? No. no. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, now, yeah, of course, obviously there isn't. We we know there isn't. But lo and behold, there is a vaccine that's now been produced. Um, what we what is in that vaccine? No one knows yet. It's now getting jabbed into the members uh, of the public over there in the UK. Now, let's get your take on on what you think this is. Uh, whoever wants to start, go for it well yeah, yeah. I was, all i was yeah.
2: going to say um I, i'm sure this is not going to be uh a, too much of a surprise to you but uh, there is no evidence that any vaccine is either safe or effective mm,
0: yeah we've and been that testing that for a long things. time so this one's not going to be any different and the fact that they've even by their own sort of rules it can take five to ten years to develop a in their view of an effective vaccine and yet they've done this one in less than 12 months so that <laughs> should so that should speak volumes to people you yeah. think well what the hell is it you know but be that as it may I mean certainly Dawn and I and I'm sure yourselves included wouldn't you know they'd have to uh, hold us down at gunpoint and stick it in us because there's no way I'm going to volunteer for anything like it you Absolutely. know it's uh, but Uh, Like you and I'm pleased you said it because uh, right from the outset of this when they started yesterday injecting people and the first was a 90 year old lady would you believe Um, and so they've decided they're going to in a care home they've decided they're going to give the first people to get this vaccine are going to be the elderly and infirm in care homes. Now, you might be cynical and think maybe they just want to kill off all the people in care homes. But I don't think that's the plan. And I'm much more likely to believe that whatever they're giving these people is a placebo of some sort. It might even be a a multivitamin, because the last thing they want is people to start dying from from this vaccine. That's a good point. You know. Yeah. Good. Uh, so I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that uh, all these first, particularly the elderly people, for some time uh, into the near future, will not be given anything that could be remotely toxic, because it's a it's a PR exercise. Mm-hmm. So if we see the prime minister having it or anything members of the cabinet, they're going to be having some sort of placebo thing. For sure. Or a
2: dummy. Yeah, or a dummy.
3: Saline injection, or they'll do like they have here uh, in Australia, and I've even seen. Um, might have been Boris Johnson. I can't remember now. But it was someone, someone, some politician somewhere? you know, they give them the vaccine with the cap on the needle. Still, you know, like if you can see it in the pictures, you're like, what he is doing? It's yeah. so obvious that you're not giving it to them. Like, but you raise yeah. a good point, and I, because I was rather cynical, um, and maybe that's because I've just been a bit beaten down with this whole COVID crap. But uh, I was sitting there thinking, thinking, wow, they they give they're rolling it out to these old people first, I'm like. Are they crazy? They're going to just start dropping like flies. But you, you, you just nailed it on the head, Dave. That that's probably the plan is to make it look safe. And Ethan and Andy, tell me if you guys agree with with David on this. But yeah, make it look safe. You know, sell the lie basically that hey, look, even these old people are taking it, and they're perfectly fine. You know, and then of course we'll all then of course line up for it because the guinea pigs have had theirs. What do you reckon, boys?
1: Does oh, that make sense? I reckon you're dead on. Absolutely. If I if I was a master engineer on this whole plan, like David just said, the very, very last thing you want is like any publicity. negative reaction and mm. the first negative publicity on social media from some, you know, like like alternative media outlet like Real News Australia, <laughs> like promoting what's really, really happening with like people falling off the perch, you know, in in an old people's home or something like that. You know, it'd almost be game over. So yeah, I'm I'm absolutely convinced that this this um this vaccine is just a placebo or you know, like you said, general, like a like a you know, saline injection or something like that. So mm.
0: well, I, I think it it, I think it just that,
1: makes perfect sense.
0: I think that will be true of the this first rollout, because as we've yeah, said, probably. they can't afford people to be dying or becoming ill but
2: which they would if it was a real vaccine yeah
0: but once they've sort of uh, allayed everyone's fears and said oh look you see it's fine you know even 90 year old ladies can have it and they're fine uh then the real stuff <laughs> whatever this uh, nightmare concoction is that they've got lined up um, when people have got this false sense of security then the real stuff they'll start injecting that into people and who knows what the consequences of that are going to be yeah. and it all they've
3: good. and all they've got to do is then just stop testing for a while and just say hey look you know the numbers have gone down the vaccine works you know like which i guarantee uh, you oh, that's yes. what they'll do
2: <laughs> yes i mean that's an extremely important point you're saying about testing because many people say this is an epidemic of testing um, the so-called cases are, are nothing to do with anybody being ill. It's only to do with people having so-called um, positive uh, results on a test, uh, which um, I know you went over with your in your other show. Yeah, with, we've, uh, we've, talk, we've
3: touched on it a few times, but I'd, I'd still like to cover and, it again just to just to oh, jump, you know, nail it on the head again and roll it home, basically. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, the test is absolutely meaningless. It's not a question of false positives or false negatives um, and I don't believe it's Dr. Tom Campbell said, said it quite clearly all results, all test results are false because the test is meaningless.
3: Yeah, what are they testing for? That's right, there is no coronavirus to test for, so exactly. what are they testing for? Oh, he's positive! Okay. Genetic, we found some genetic, genetic material yeah, exactly, of what yeah. though? Like seriously like, it blows me I'm away joking. when everyone still goes on about this whole, you know, uh, the testing, 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 cases, cases, cases I'm like, well what are they actually testing for because this i i'm again of the belief that this thing isn't real anyway so it uh, doesn't matter how many times they run the test whether it's you know 13 or less or 40 or more you know times that they run the um you yeah, know the cycles within that pcr test you know because uh that's changing obviously then the positive and the, and the negative results but a positive negative results of what you know what i mean i've i've just kept thinking of it the whole time going it's it's not real exactly. what are they testing for like it just blows me away
0: Exactly. I mean, they they even admit themselves, I mean, and it was the same with HIV, that the tests don't actually test for the presence of the viral particle. They don't do that. What they're supposed to be doing is testing for some genetic material, which they believe is part of the viral particle. Mm. But when they've never isolated the viral particle in the first place, how can they know what the genetic makeup is it's, of that viral particle? It blows me away. G- hey, just,
3: it doesn't make yeah. sense. Like how? how I just don't understand how people can't get this through their heads. You know, like if only they understood that these things have never been isolated. They've never, you know, with, without without a shadow of a doubt sat there on our microscope and gone there it is there's the virus we know it does this because we put it in another rat or a human and it made them sick you know that's the test like that it's never been done with anything like you said earlier so how the bloody hell are they testing for coronavirus or covid19 you know so oh i just wish people would understand this i just yeah i'm at that point now i'm it's just it's just worn me down i'm so angry <laughs>
2: Yes, no, no, we understand entirely. um but the thing is that uh, science is made out to be something that's um beyond the ability of uh, you know the average person in the street to understand because it's all highly technical and you don't understand and what we're doing and you, know, like... you don't know what it's all about, and they use all their jargon if you read the papers um read their study papers, it's full of jargon which you know of course we don't understand yeah. um but when you when you um practice reading through them, you can actually read. Uh, some of the language that they use. And, and quite often it's, um, you know, very conditional. So it's always the may, possible, could be, might be. This, uh, you know, this yeah, suggests yeah. we need further. Oh, and, and quite often the conclusion is, um, yes, we need to do further research on this. So, of course, they're guaranteeing their um, ongoing uh, career.
0: Yeah.
3: Sorry, Dave, a I was going to quickly say, it's like what Ethan said earlier, you know, it's this whole the the religion of scientism basically that's that's what it boils down to they're they're up on high they are in the white coats we have to listen to them because they're the new priest class you know people just need to cast their well not cast their minds back but just just remember what we've been told basically about history and the middle ages and the you know the the church basically were the only people who knew how to read and write books anyone who was in the church basically as the the average person average man didn't read, didn't write. And they only listened to, you know, obviously what they were told in, in church or by the, the see or the Kings or whatnot, unless you were Royals, of course you could read, but you know, the, they were the priest class. That's where it, that's where it, where it comes from. That's where we refer to it by, because, you know, they've, they've got this new language, this new religion that we don't understand. We just have to listen to them and, and believe them because, you know, they're smarter than us, you know? So uh, that's yeah, what sort it's of Ethan was alluding not. to before. Yes, yeah.
2: absolutely. absolutely. I mean, we we came across um in our research sort of fairly early on dr robert Mendelssohn who wrote uh, confessions of a medical heretic and he referred to the medical establishment of the church of modern medicine and yeah. he did a very very good comparison between um the rites and rituals you know within medicine as uh, as as within religion so yeah no i mean the comparison is is um, definitely reasonable mm.
0: but I, I, what i wanted to just mention because uh... You know we get obviously lots of people from around the world write to us uh, um i wanted to and so, some of them say oh well you know i've seen or i've heard of papers that do prove that this uh virus has been isolated okay now fortunately i mean we know a few doctors and one of them is a friend of ours is who you, you may have heard of is dr andrew Kaufman. Mm-hmm. who's quite outspoken in in america um now He's interviewed us uh, several times, mm-hmm. and uh, so, so we, we chat to him occasionally. Um, now, he obviously is qualified officially to be able to examine these uh, technical papers, and uh, he did a very good job on uh, a paper where it was Uh, proposed that uh, this technical paper and this is relatively recently you know only a few months ago uh, where there was a claim that this paper and it was published in nature the journal Mm -hmm. nature which is supposed to be the most prestigious uh, scientific journal in the world Mm -hmm. so this was a paper published there purporting to have isolated the coronavirus and to have met cox postulates and to have proved that it did actually cause the disease okay mm-hmm. now because that's what he said in the abstract of the paper and we've we've looked at the paper too now what happens is most people and this includes doctors they only read the abstract is yes. sort of the first paragraph or so and that's what he says in it and that's as far as most people go because they either don't have the time or the patience to read through the whole methodology of what's actually been done so they read the abstract and that's what the abstract said. Basically, yes, we've done it all and we've proved it. But then, like us, uh, Dr Kaufman read through the methodology. And when you read through the methodology, you see that they've not done any such thing. <laughs> and what makes it worse is at the end of it, they actually admit that they have not actually thoroughly uh, purified the virus. They have not met Cox's postulates. They have not proved that it caused the causes the disease so that's in complete contradiction to what it says in the abstract so now, how can they me, get away that, with putting okay,
3: that in the abstract
0: exactly exactly to me that is not only a lie that's abs- an absolute fraud yeah and for for the journal and you can see it for yourselves for the journal nature to have published that they must know because they're supposed to uh, you know, scrutinise everything to the detail that yeah, but goes They needed in it. Day.
3: They needed it, you see, David. They needed someone to come out and say that they found it and they've done it all. Even if they didn't, so. they just needed them to say that they did, and they
0: would have published it. Yeah, yeah. and but that's, it shows and how I the think...
2: peer review process is corrupt.
0: Correct, yeah. and yeah, it right. just and it shows how desperate the oh, yeah. authorities are to try and prove to people, well, shall I say, not prove, try to convince people that they know what they're doing and that uh, uh, all people like us uh, don't know what we're talking about. Mm. Um, And they're prepared to lie in the extreme, in um... journals'
3: Nature. has Dr Kaufman done uh, a report or a video or have you done that with him like is there a link we can grab to share that around that where they've talked we talked he, about that specific thing
0: He has done a video on that one um uh, I think you could you'd probably find it on his website Okay all right uh, I'll have a look So if you look for uh, Dr Andy Kaufman uh, dot .com um, Andrew Kaufman. Uh, Dr Andrew Kaufman yeah I think he uses his full name Dr Andrew Kaufman Yeah I believe and he
3: and does I, I've do. listened to many of his that. interviews
0: yeah you you'll find him and uh yeah he did he did do a whole uh little video on that he was excellent on on that one particular uh uh, s- supposed, <laughs> supposed scientific paper. So uh, yeah, well worth a look at because mm-hmm. it's important work.
2: Somebody else who's pretty outspoken. Uh, again, we, we came across his work when we were first looking at the HIV AIDS, and that's uh, Dr. Stefan Lanker who is a PhD, not a medical doctor. Um, he trained as a virologist, so you know he he knows what's involved in you know uh, in these uh, processes and these experiments um but he uh his work showed quite clearly i mean um i can't remember exactly when but i mean probably more i don't know something like 15 years ago or whatever maybe more uh showing that um not just hiv but all you know no other virus has ever been proven to be the cause of disease and he includes measles virus um, but he's he's definitely been also very uh, active in in putting out uh, information throughout this year because because of what he knows about virology, and um, he says that virologists are um, well <laughs> not telling the truth, should we say? That's putting it politely. Um, but he shows that there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever, never has been, for this um, this so-called virus and the. Um,
0: or any
2: other or, or any oh absolutely or any other but he, he shows quite clearly that the the test that was developed was developed very quickly and um not based on any viral particle or the um presence of any viral particle they you know they just made it all up so yes yeah, so, yeah i mean there's a huge amount of information that, that's coming out and we've got a number of his papers mainly in german but there's some have been translated, um, yeah, which good. is really good yeah, into right. English. so yeah, there's there's but lots else... of information, but of course his work is uh, you know not not being put out there. Uh, although I believe he's working on a, a documentary or something like that that might be translated into English, which I understand might be coming out fairly soon, uh, which obviously be very interesting if that does come out. But I don't expect to see it on YouTube somehow. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes, it'll be censored for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I don't think they're even, well, they probably wouldn't bother to just, put it uh, on there. Yeah, do I just know, just right? go straight to BitChute, yeah.
0: Yeah. Just to show another level of uh, what well, we're talking about, Dr. Stefan Lenker, uh because uh, some of your uh, listeners may not be familiar with his work, uh, but he's the guy about three years ago who took the medical establishment task in the German law courts uh, and challenged I've them. I heard
3: about this. This is about the measles.
0: Yes. 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 He challenged them to prove. He challenged them to prove. Uh, that a virus was actually the cause of measles and and he offered 100,000 euros, you know, so a princely sum, mm. uh, if they could do it. So he was obviously sure of his ground um, and he went through two court cases. Um, but uh, finally in the high court, the Supreme Court, um, they, the medical establishment, um, including the big guns of the pharmaceutical company and all their so-called scientific papers, were unable to prove that a virus caused measles. So he won his case which is astounding. Yeah. Um, and that's just one virus, you know, but the more just well, as he... astounding, just as astounding is the fact that this year, beginning of this year, in spite of him winning the case in their own courts, this year in Germany, the German government mandated that all school children should be vaccinated against measles. Wow. Now if that if that doesn't show how corrupt the uh, system is, then I don't know what does when they've had it proved in their own court that a virus does not cause measles. And then they mandate that children have to be vaccinated against measles.
2: One other point um, or, that's related to that is that the, um, there were six papers that were used in that court case. Um, and they're the um, supposed to be the, the top six papers that prove the existence of the virus and that it causes measles. Um but one of them is supposed to be uh, foundational, um, not just to the measles virus, but it's used uh, as the basis for all viral research, for all so-called viruses. So, um, you know, that's that's the case that there's... Um, it, it was shown that it, not just the paper failed to prove the uh, existence and pathogenicity of the measles virus, but uh, it, that's the paper that applies to all other viruses, so that's why that there are no specific uh, papers about uh, any other virus, but it's all based on on this one paper. Mm. And that was shown not uh, that was shown not to be able to demonstrate that the measles virus or causes, any virus. Or, or the the so-called measles virus, I should
0: say, causes anything, causes any disease. Or, or that foundational paper, as Dawn said, showed also that all claims for any virus particle to be the cause of any disease is flawed and unprovable and that's the importance uh, the sort of little known importance of that particular case because their foundational paper was also shown to be flawed and unprovable so that pulled the rug out literally from all uh, virology and why Stefan Lanker uh, 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 was able to say that neither he nor his team have ever found any virus to be the cause of any disease. You know, he's on the record as saying that, mm. and he was a trained and qualified virologist. And now he's so disgusted with the whole performance of virology, he refuses to uh, be called a virologist. <laughs> um, he's so disgusted with it, and yeah. rightly so. Yeah.
1: Well,
3: um, okay. so what do we expect then? Sorry, uh, I'll just have one question before you guys jump in. But what? Do, so what do we expect then uh, cause... Causes you know a measles outbreak So to speak you know like we always see That there's like a it's always in a in the news reports of course it's always in a cluster it's always a certain group of people sorry children or people in uh, a particular school or a particular suburb or you know then they of course you know the alerts go up measles cluster measles measles and the, you know, the media does its does its work after that of course selling uh, drugs for the pharmaceutical companies um, but what, so what do we expect then is it the the cause of these kids coming out with a rash and whatever else it is in in these particular groups it's obviously okay. some sort of toxicity. I'm guessing uh, of, you know, yes. of that's something causing this. But what, what do we s- suspect that it could be?
0: Well, there's, there's a few things, of course. I mean, first of all, let's just—we uh, um, get asked this question a lot, uh, which is, is fair, fair question. Um, first of all, let's just think about what we've been saying about uh, it being proved that there is no viral cause for—if we take measles, no viral cause has been proved. So, whatever is happening to these kids. Um, is not caused by a virus yep. so take that off the list else.
3: altogether go on yep. so you can t-
0: you can take that off the list So, but then people say oh yeah you know but all these little kids they went to the same sorry they went to the same party and uh, you know half of them all came down with measles so there must be an infection uh, and we say first of all well there's no proof of a virus causing it in fact it's been proved it doesn't so whatever is causing it with these kids is something else so let's have a look at what it could be now, because it tends to happen a lot with children and children of a certain age, uh, first of all, one of the first things we would want to look at is what has been their medication regime, in particular, what has been their uh, vaccination regime, because as we know, no sooner has a child been born than the medical establishment wants to start injecting it with mm-hmm. something. And there's a whole load of them, some countries more than others. America is is dreadful, the amount of vaccinations children get from the age of one. Uh, I'm surprised children ever reach the age of 10, to be honest, uh, Mm. with the amount of toxic stuff that gets pumped into them. But because the, the body will see those vaccinations, medications, whatever it is, as rightly so toxic, it will want to expel it. And of course, if children of a certain age have all had the same vaccinations at a certain time, which they tend to do, um, they'll start expelling the the stuff at a a certain time. Now, that's just one reason. Now, the fact that it comes out as a rash or blisters or pimples or whatever it is, is uh, again, the body's natural reaction to expelling a toxin Mm -hmm. of, of a certain toxicity. I mean, the skin is the body's largest organ. And so it's a great way, if it's not been able to get a toxin out through the normal sort of excretion or urination, um, it will use the skin. And so quite often uh, it pushes it out through the skin and it comes out as blisters or rashes or sores of one sort or another. Um, but then, of course, the medical establishment, uh, because they don't know what they're talking about, will give names to these different uh, Conditions. So if it's a particular rash, they'll call it one thing. If it's certain blisters, they'll call it something else. And if it's a certain part of the body, they'll call it something else. So if these uh, blisters, trope, rashes tend to come out, let's say in the genital area, they'll call it an STD, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sexually transmitted disease. Uh, but that's, again, not true. It's just that's where it happens to come out in this particular instance. And uh, depending on what the toxin is, Uh, If it comes out uh, around the waist or something, they may say, oh, it's shingles. Um, Or if it's something, and and so it goes on. They just give different names to actually uh, natural functions of the body, trying to get uh, quite severe levels of toxicity out of the body. And it's used the skin in this particular instance to to get rid of it. And the worst thing you can do is start putting stuff on those eruptions to uh, try and uh, stop them. Because if you do that, you're stopping the body going through its natural process of eliminating eliminating those toxins, mm. and so they even stay in either stay in the body, and then they've got to come out again. So you get a recurrence, or it goes back into the body and uh, uh, can cause problems elsewhere. Because uh, whatever it is is obviously very toxic. There you go. Another
2: another possibility and again with these sort of childhood um parties they you know get kids together to uh, apparently kind of you know get these diseases spread them so they can kind of get over them um one of the things is that with parties um i'm sure most children are given the the kind of uh, so we shall we say uh, toxic treat, yeah <laughs> <laughs> treats yeah that's the like other
3: thing talk- i was going to say maybe it's what they're Let- eating
2: Yes, lots of sugar, probably all kinds of, uh, I don't know know what you call them in in Australia, but kind of, you know, sodas, pops, you know, the... Um, a whole bunch you of
3: know, red, red cordial or something that's got, you know, those different
2: colors yeah, and, and
3: preservatives. and. Yes,
2: yeah. yeah, exactly. Sugar. Plus also they get very excited. It's a party. And so that kind of increases metabolism, which may um, uh, get the body's um, actual processes of eliminating toxins sort of um, hyped up a little bit. And so it's not too surprising that, you know, the next day maybe they might not start feeling uh, very well but it's not because they have a disease it's because their body is is doing what it is uh, what it normally does what it is absolutely brilliant at doing which is looking after itself and getting rid of um the, the toxic material so you know if if they've had lots of you know jelly and ice cream and sweets and uh fizzy drinks and uh, goodness knows what other kind of uh uh, I mean, it sounds like we're, we're being rude. It's it's not. I mean, we know these are called treats or whatever, but mm, people so, have to realize oh, they're not food and, and lots of sugars is really not good for the body.
3: Yeah, I can personally uh, test that because when I was around seven, I had hives and it was a result of eating too much crap. Like I went to a bunch of parties and exactly the same thing happened to me. They didn't say it was measles back in the day. Then go, oh, I must have the measles. It was, I had hives. You know, it was basically my body's way of trying to f- detox the crap. <laughs> that I ate you know, for weeks and weeks at mates' parties and end of school and blah, 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 you know. Um, yeah, so to me, that just makes perfect sense. That's um, definitely a toxic overload of some kind. But let, let me just throw to Andy, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let someone else uh, throw a question at you guys for a change. It's always me talking. But Andy, have you got something you want
1: to add to this conversation or ask a question? Oh, I'm just enjoying the conversation. It's but fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, look, the more and more we go down this, like, same path of conversation with like different guests that the more and more, I'm, you know, like I'm absolutely convinced we just live in a corporate world of marketing and, and product selling and upselling and side selling. And, and you know, I think we've gone past the, the stage of like actual you know, like medicines that are, that are for any interest in human health. Now we're into a whole corporatocracy where it's all just about making money mm. and the spin-offs from that and you know here we are in 2020 and we've got the ultimate money-making machine called cov19 like this just seems to be like now we're at the icing at the top of the cake ready to go through like go forth into a new whole new multi-billion dollar industry and it just makes you feel sick the whole time, like, listening to it. Like, it's just, you know, like, where are we at? And, and like I've been saying all year, too, General, like, we really are at the stage of the great split where people, well, people are waking up to this stuff and they're finding, you know, their forms of healthcare, alternative healthcare, I believe in the world, is absolutely set to explode um, as people awaken to all of this nonsense. Um, you know but uh, Let, let's hope you bo- know books like What Really it, but, Makes You Ill you know, is going to
3: help wake people up too
1: yeah the other thing too is uh, I think Dawn touched on um, uh, about the the food sources or the way that we actually spray uh, food and we'll get Cindy O'Meara on but there's a beautiful movie I don't know whether you guys have seen it or not called What's With Wheat it's an Australian movie and it basically really really taps into the source of the problem with wheat and how it's produced and what's sprayed on it and and the the actual flow down effects from the way that we mass grow our base food which is wheat and how it affects gut health and and uh, all of the autoimmune issues and cancers and everything like that it's a, it's a brilliant movie and if you haven't seen it i really I really you to to get on and get yourself a copy or 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 get on and see it somehow but to me to me yeah what we put in our mouth and how things are growing that's the start of the problems um and and really you know pharmaceuticals and and, all the rest of it vaccines and things are like just adding to that problem but like we really can cure all of our health problems by what we right from the stuff, from what we stuff in our mouth is really, really, to me, 90% of the problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: It's certainly key. As we we try to sort of say in short form to people, you have to be very careful about what you put in and on your body because obviously there's lots of... uh, um, Yeah, the topical things like,
3: yeah, in the pharmaceutical, uh, pharmaceutical industry, the petrochemical products and stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, personal care personal products.
3: Personal care products. Uh, that's right. Yeah.
2: Cleaning. Um, yeah, what well, you clean your
0: home with. Uh, lots. Yes. So there's lots of...
2: It's amazing what you can do with a lemon that you really don't need all these, uh, you know, chemical sprays and things.
1: Yeah, a bit you know, of vinegar, a, lot, a of lemon. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, uh, General, can I just tap in just with Please. one question that I wanted to ask the, the team there. Um, in, uh, we've, we've done many, many shows on the so-called fluoridation of water in this country here. Um, does the UK uh, put the so-called fluoride in their water there? Or they do, In, yes. in the regions
0: that you do? Most, most places, not everywhere, but most places have it. Uh, so we've, we've got fluoride, which, as I'm sure you know, is a neurotoxin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, chlorine, and they've started had, adding in some areas now ammonia as well. So, you know, not content with poisoning you with the first two things, they put the others. And of course, as I'm sure you know, the water that comes out of your tap uh, is not clean water anyway. It's not pure water uh, because it's got those additives that they've deliberately put in. But because at the uh, filtration stations, certainly in the UK, you know, they're not that good. Um, they'd have you believe they were so you're getting residues of pharmaceutical products co- coming through the water supply as well as well
2: as other chemicals, pesticides yeah. you know, agricultural
0: chemical runoff so it's, uh, you know, the water from your tap is is not good at all and uh, certainly Dawn and I would advocate that uh, you need to clean up your water before you drink it or cook with it you know, uh, install either a reverse osmosis system yeah, under I've, got a four,
3: I've got a four stage one under mine
0: Absolutely, and uh, so I. And uh, or if if that's difficult, if you're in a little flat somewhere or something, uh, you can buy sort of a tabletop distiller, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, but. which you can sort of, uh, uh, you know, you can you can get them, uh, not too expensive, maybe around a hundred pounds, uh, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. Um and uh, you know they don't take up too much room, but at least you can ensure that the water you drink is is pure.
3: Yeah, and, it's so uh,
0: important. Not, what, yeah, yeah. Because, because otherwise every time you drink or wash your food or cook with what it, you out? you're poisoning yourself oh, a Dave, little more.
3: You'd know you've changed your filters. I'm guessing. Look at the sludge that's on them after you when you change them. I mean, how disgusting yeah. are they when you you switch out the old one for the new ones? Like, oh my god, like. I, I I do videos and I share them on my website and on social media. I go, this is what you're drinking, folks. Like, this is the water here and where I live. And, yeah, you know, so this is why I've got a four-stage reverse osmosis filter because I don't want to have this crap in my body or my kids' bodies, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah. Ethan, let's um throw to you, Big Fully. You've got a question you want to add to the conversation, mate? Uh,
4: I just wanted to, to maybe switch the focus just to see... Um what uh, dawn and david believe are some alternatives that we can take to avoid this type of Excellent monopoly
3: question.
4: um one of the things we've been focusing on tottnews.com with the full members is sort of this idea of food independence and networking with people to be able to get you know healthy clean organic grown food and also sustainable you know um, if you're looking for meats to have some sort of sustainable network of meats where it's not going through the factory process and we talk about this all um, on the membership forums of my website and and this is obviously an avenue that we try to take um, very serious and I recommend everyone does moving forward but I'm interested to learn um, and hear your thoughts um, David and Dawn uh, just on what you think are some good solutions to get away from this this religious cult that really has taken over the minds of humanity and has really stolen what uh, health is from uh, right under us
0: yeah sure I mean uh, it's uh, it's a good question and uh, requires a big answer really <laughs> which yeah. uh, could be could be a program in itself but uh we'll say some things about it because it's obviously something near and dear to our hearts too. And we do uh,
2: include quite a bit um, uh, of information on uh, possible solutions and ideas. I mean, obviously, depending on where people live and what their um, situation is, what their uh, what access they have to different products or foods or whatever, um, but we certainly it, it's not just about you know exposing the doom and gloom, uh, but it's also trying to help people. Uh, find some solutions so they can take responsibility f- um, as david said for everything they put in and on their bodies but they have to know where the problems lie in order to know what to avoid and then sort of take um, take uh, alternatives or look for alternatives create yeah. alternatives
0: but but to sort of expand on you, your question there um, <clears throat> i think in the in the short term where people can be more diligent in where they buy their food from so they know how it's sourced um and how it's treated and how it's stored and what well hopefully not that it's not sprayed with various poisons so in the short term they can be more uh, diligent in in being careful about where they get their food from no matter what it is um and how they cook it, you know, we recommend not to cook it too much because the more you cook food, the you you're cooking the nutrients out. So don't overcook food. Steaming the steaming stuff is good. Um, so how you prepare food is is also important. Now, in the short term, we can we can all do that, um, but in the longer term. The whole system, and we're going to have to get into sort of global politics a bit here. Um, So I hope you don't mind stopping me if you want me to. to Um, Because it brings us back really as to what could be behind this whole uh, coronavirus nonsense. You know, it's quite clear that uh, there's not a virus behind it. And it's quite clear that lots of people and a growing number of people are realising there's no virus behind it and that the measures the governments have been putting out are complete nonsense and would be completely worthless even if there was the virus floating around. <clears throat> so then you have to ask yourself, well, okay, so why are they doing it? Why? Uh, and then we, we come into, as I say, the global politics and we'll just mention it uh, at least briefly. Uh, I think everyone, probably all your listeners are aware that there's a, a, we'll call them a cabal of uh, globalists who uh, their dream is for a one world government, which is going to be them, uh, unelected. Uh, These are a small group of extremely wealthy people. They they own the uh, banking system. So I'm sure people know who some of these people are, like the mm-hmm. Rockefellers and uh, Rothschilds. Rothschild. Yeah. But there's, there's there's more than that, of course. But uh, the Rothschilds in particular own, own the entire banking system of the world. Uh, so they wield immense power. But they're, they're part of this globalist cabal. Uh, and they don't believe that uh, we mere humans should uh, sort of have uh, rights at all. So they want control of the world. They want control of all the world's resources. And they want control of all the world's people. Now that's their big worry the world's people because there's obviously a lot more of us than there is of them so they need to get us under control and this uh, fake pandemic is the first line of uh, they've they've never stretched themselves as far as this before they've had little dummy runs mm. whether you want to call it uh, um, the AIDS thing or swine flu or Ebola they've had little dummy runs of this uh, but now they've really gone for the full Monty as it were <clears throat> all based on nothing. And it's very easy to prove it's based on nothing. So we have to ask why they're doing this. Well, it's it's to get control of people. So there's the test measures that they've put out, and that's uh, the mask wearing and all the silly rules. Uh, Because wearing a mask is almost like wearing a badge, you know, that says, look, you know, I'm submissive. Uh, I've taken on board everything you've told me. I believe what you say. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'm acquiescing to your rules Uh, so that's a nice easy way to see who are the believers in their nonsense and who are the non-believers now I know it's not quite as clear-cut as that because the governments try to legislate and make it uh, as difficult as possible for people not to wear masks out in public Uh, there's certain of the big corporations in their shops try to make it mandatory to wear a mask or you can't buy any food so they're doing the best to make you wear a mask so we have to find ways not to do that but that's their first that's their first line it's easy to see how many people they've got under their control and when they feel they've got enough and they've perpetuated this myth long enough it comes along with their vaccination program which we're we're starting into now and and as you agree with me uh, that uh, I think the first level will be you know basically a placebo it'll be a saline it'll be a vitamin thing so that they build up people's confidence and then the real stuff will come along which will be very detrimental to people no one knows exactly what's going to be in it but I can guarantee it's not going to be anything good and it may uh, it may, may, be part of achieving one of their other goals which is to reduce the world population drastically I'm sure people have heard of the uh, Georgia Guidestones in Georgia in America yep. which Say they want to reduce the world population to 500 million, which is sort of about a 95 98% reduction in the world population, you know, which is quite a scary thought in itself. Mm. But you know, these people have actually written this stuff down, uh, and you know, I, I think that this is their genuine thing that they want to do. And this coronavirus scam, as I say, which is easily provable to be exactly that a scam is their first attempt. At world domination if you like for want of a better word and so it's very important we fight back against it now as you mentioned in the short term we can do things like not following their rules we can do things like uh, growing our own food uh, sourcing our own food not from their uh, big mass production uh, machinery but that's only short term Uh, Like in the films that probably people have seen, like in the films The Hunger Games, which you may be familiar with, it doesn't matter if you set up a little off-grid village to live peacefully and contented and growing your own food, while ever these globalists and their mercenary tactics exist they will eventually just swamp and take over those people because they care nothing for humanity at all. And they've shown this many times, how they have no respect for humanity and they they were quite happy to sterilize people en masse, to kill people off en masse. I know this all sounds very doomsday stuff, but unfortunately this is the plan that they will do if they're allowed to get away with it. So we have to make people aware of it and we have to push back. And we have to bring back uh, the, common law you know which is part of our constitution Mm -hmm. you know the constitution in the UK is the same as in Australia we both I know I think you have in Canberra you have a um, a monument to Magna Carta of uh, when the Magna Carta was drawn up in 1215 Mm -hmm. in the UK and we have one in London but all of the old Commonwealth countries uh, you know and I think America has the same basis for its constitution as ours, and so does Canada, uh, and many other European countries. And all of those natural laws, which are part of our constitutions, original constitutions, have been illegally overridden by all the present governments. Okay, So we have the correct laws in place, but they're just being totally ignored illegally by the government. So it's the governments of the world that are acting illegally, as well as inhumanely, with what they're doing. As we all know, they are just puppets for this uh, cabal of globalists. Um, And they're just uh, who are actually pulling the strings. So people need to be aware of this and we need to bring back, we need some uh, brave, courageous lawyers, because unfortunately the majority of the lawyers, particularly judges, are part of this same corrupt system. Uh, You have to remember that judges are just paid employees of the government. uh, So they're not going to be impartial when it comes to... uh, Uh, enforcing correct laws you know they're they're there to enforce laws that benefit uh, the government and benefit this cabal Mm. so this needs to be changed and we need to be able to bring back the proper laws of land Uh, and this can be done if we had some uh, courageous people particularly courageous lawyers who can point out that uh, the governments are acting illegally and we demand because it's our right to have uh, the the full uh, common law put back in place. Well, there's, and, a, and...
3: there's a movement, David, in Australia that um, they're setting up common law courts within Australia. Of um, you know, the citizens themselves are doing it. So they're basically just instead of trying to, you know, um, get the current system to to go back to where it was, they're basically just setting up and like just circumventing it all together. We're just setting up this new system where they can just have you know they're setting, literally setting up common law courts, and it is constitutional in 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 its um in the way it's run it's um it's lawful it's it's allowed by in the constitution we're allowed to set up these common law courts it's actually part of our original constitution so that's what they're doing um yeah so they're going to try and the more people that get on board with that the better and uh, yeah that's that's so uh, it's similar very similar to what you were saying but it's 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 actually happening right now in australia
0: Well, I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, and there's groups around the world who are trying to bring back this Mm. restoration Mm. of the common law. But, of course, while ever you've got corrupt governments and legal systems and banking systems and medical systems in force, you know, we have to change those laws. You know, it's... uh,
2: we well, have to change the enforcers as well to yeah. get the people um you know like the sort of milit the in police. the military and the police especially um to to make them realize that they're enforcing um basically illegal illegal acts um so that they need to be informed as well so it is a process of people being informed about what is uh, true law and and what is uh, you know ju- well just acts and statutes that that have no actual standing. Um, so again, it's it's complete inversion of how we think of things. That you know, these, this legal system has the authority. You know, like with the medical system, you know, we think it has authority when it doesn't. The people have the authority, mm-hmm. and and people need to realise that and recognise that and start um, acting in that way. Um, but you know, yes, it is a process, uh, but it's good that you know, there's there's more of this being understood and being acted upon.
0: I don't know whether i think you've mentioned that uh, i think it's still the case in victoria in australia which i think is probably the most locked down place in australia i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i don't know whether there's any of these uh people's courts that you mentioned there who are fighting back successfully in any way to push back the very draconian measures from what i understand that's uh, in operation in uh, Victoria in particular, I mean, are they having any success in, uh, you know, allowing people to just uh, uh, walk about and carry on their business as normal, or are they still screwed down and locked up in their homes?
3: Uh, well, there's, there, I think the, a lot of the lockdowns, I think, have been lifted uh, for the time being down there in, in Victoria. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ethan, but that's what I remember anyway. But uh, as in, in terms of these uh, common law courts having any effect yet, I think they've they've only just convened a couple of them so far. Uh, I think the idea is to then start issuing summons, uh, like writs and things, to get people who are causing this to come and stand before a common law court. And if they don't, then um, they can be found guilty because they haven't turned up to face you know, um, the court, basically. Um, and this can actually be taken you know there are legal precedences that you know go along with this and it can be taken even higher again um so but anyway that's that's where they're trying to go with this sort of thing basically just to try yep. to get them realise that you know they've 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 done fucked up you know what i mean like they've they've done the wrong thing by all of us so um yeah yeah but ethan yeah. is that is that pretty much answered uh your question mate i don't know it was we probably haven't even you know, scratched the surface mate but
4: yeah absolutely mate well You know, as uh, David alluded to, it is a it is a very complex discussion. But I was mainly just uh, trying to see uh, what you know, just sort of general ballpark first ideas would be, and they sounded pretty pretty damn good, you know, and and pretty aligned with you know a lot of things that we've been discussing. Absolutely, and I'm I definitely do agree that uh, more needs to be done on on a lot of fronts, not just um, on one front, but a lot of fronts, and and radical personal and um, collective changes do need to happen but you know there's a way to get around it and i think the way is connectivity i think that you know it it doesn't really sit within the minds of you know one person two people it's things like discussions like this or communities that get together that can come up with great ideas that are the combination of many ideas you know it's i think just talking about this is is the first step to to making these types of things a reality so
0: absolutely yeah, yeah. yes yeah. i agree with you and i mean that's why we do what we do and what you do what you do you know is to uh, spread this information you know education is important i mean we did a whole podcast with uh, some people over in the states a little while ago about education because that's where the problem starts uh you know our children when they go to school uh right from the first day are educated in a certain system you Witch.
3: keep saying educated, David. You mean indoctrinated, right? Yes. <laughs>
0: it's, it's
2: called
0: Yeah, it's called again, <laughs>
2: these are Yeah, it, it's called education. You know, you, you kind of want to do air quotes about these sorts of yeah, things, I but know. it doesn't quite work. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I was just yes, taking so the
3: piss, mate. Hard. It's all good. Oh, no, no. yeah, no, no, no. It's fine, but
2: you're absolutely right. It's indoctrination, but it, and it's getting worse, um, nope. you know, because t- children are, are not even uh talk to think for themselves oh, they need to read,
3: everyone needs to read that book by Charlotte isabeth um, yeah the deliberate dumbing yes. down of america you know that's uh, it, exact. it's crucial yes. reading to understanding that exact point you're making
2: yeah. yes yes um, but is is you know they they're even taught that you know they're not supposed to question um yes, and no they're being authority. increasingly taught that uh, that they shouldn't believe their parents and only the school uh, can educate them and i believe they're even um, Uh, Introducing measures where, uh, you know, the schools can actually vaccinate children against, Mm. uh, well, without the parents' consent, but even against the parents' consent, you know, if the child and these are children who are... Yeah, they're allowing the (laughs)
3: children to give consent, even though they're of no sound mind to do so because they don't understand it. So how can it actually be informed consent when the child can't understand what's really going on? But yeah, you're right. They exactly. asked, I've heard many reports now, especially in the United States, where there are, oh, I can't remember which state exactly, but there's now even a law, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, is being passed where it's going to be legal for the, the school to do that, to vaccinate them against the parents without them even knowing. Like, they don't even have to tell them that they've done it. Unless the child goes yes, home exactly. and says, oh, you know, I've got a sore on my arm. I was given a needle today. And then, of course, the parents would be like, what? Well, too late. They're allowed to do it. It's the law
2: yes uh, absolutely i mean one of the things um you know for writing the book was to provide people with uh the information they need to be able to make informed decisions they think most people think they can make informed decisions um but of course they're not because the information is very much one-sided so we're just trying to um You know, provide as much information about as many topics that relates to their health, so that they can actually uh, put the information together and um, make informed decisions uh, about what they want to do. I mean, obviously, um, you know, under natural law, people um, make decisions for themselves. Um, It's up to them what they do, but at least if they've got the information, they they can be making informed decisions.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, under sorry, sorry, Uh, Dave. No, I was just going to say because under natural law common law which is the law of the land Mm -hmm. for us all there's really only one law and that is do Do no no harm harm. yes that's right do what you want as long as you don't do any harm and that's the only real law that uh, we need yep Um, we don't need all these other statutes of uh, restricting every aspect of your life which are totally illegal Um, so that's the happy state we've got to get back to and uh, I do say have got to get back to because you know, we're at quite a critical stage now with what's uh, going off around the world. And if we don't all get together <clears throat> and stop it, then the, uh, the the future looks very dark for uh, not only for us, because it's happening so quickly, but uh, certainly for any future generations. Um, you know, we, we will become a worldwide slave society. And uh, I'm not jesting or exaggerating when I say that. No, not at all. Um, so, so we we have to we have to do everything we can to stop this right now.
2: And it's not just about one idea. Um, you know, as you were saying, you know, it's it's a question of lots of people getting together and having different ideas that impact various different uh, aspects of life. So you know, it's it's to have lots of different ideas because people are creative um, and. Uh, you know, different ideas work in different places, different uh, processes, and it's and it's all part of a an ongoing process of improving life. Um, because uh, you know the the scenario that David just sort of um, alluded to, you know, the kind of slave thing, nobody will be able to do take any decisions um, or anything to do with their own lives. You know, it'll all be done, or they'll be told what to do, and that just is unacceptable. I mean, that's just you know. If, if
0: I could just. It, because it's it can also i'm a bit sort of desperate and doom and gloom if i could just interject with what I, I think is a hopeful thing because many people speak to us and ask us say well you know i see so many people that seem to be submitting to this you know they're wearing their masks they're doing the social distancing they seem to believe there's a virus out there to get them. you know how can we change their minds um well I'll offer this little example uh, as a as a as a ray of hope, if you like. I don't know whether you're familiar with the um, story of the hundredth monkey. Um, I'll will ju- uh, just repeat it. Please. Do. Okay. Well, hmm. this is this was a sort of a a little experiment, a little observation that was done on the islands of Japan, where <clears throat> there's a there was a troop of monkeys on one of the islands, uh, which were observed uh, observed that. Uh, Uh, to when they were sort of given sweet potatoes to eat, you know, just chucked into the sand. Uh, They'd pick them up and sort of eat them and spit out the gravel and sand. But after a little while, they saw one monkey sort of take its sweet potato down to the water and wash it before it ate it. And after a short while, more and more of this little troop of monkeys started doing the same, obviously learning off one another. Now, interesting though that may be, you'll say, well, that's just monkeys learning off one another but the most interesting aspect of it was that on a neighboring island which had no physical contact with this first group of monkeys they started doing exactly the same thing which suggests and it's uh, <clears throat> something actually that we talk about in our nature reality book it shows how consciousness is connected there is no bridge there's no divide between consciousness and this is as human beings you know there's conscious connections and all life there are conscious connections and I think that that little example shows with the monkeys how the second troop had no physical contact but obviously picked up on what to do with their washing their sweet potatoes so I believe coming back to humans and this situation we're in that the more of us that are of a positive mind and who know the truth of this it will through consciousness um, a true infection, if you like, infect the minds of the people who are still wearing masks, and they will suddenly stop wearing masks. They'll suddenly feel that it's the wrong thing to do, even if they may not quite know why to start with. But then they'll start to look more into it. So, so I just think, I just think, the hundredth monkey little scenario, uh, which is a is a factual thing, uh, also applies to human beings, and there will be this shift in consciousness which will get greater numbers to help push back and overthrow this uh, tyrannical regime that's uh, been uh, superimposed on us at the moment.
3: I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's a great story too. It's not really a case of monkey see, monkey do, but more a case of... Monkey sense, monkey do, you know. Yes. <laughs> we can sort of have yes, this yes, exactly. consciousness sense, you know, from great distances, and uh, yeah, just it just seems to happen It just the spawn of life yeah. in a sense. But yeah, so that's that's amazing. Um, we do have to start uh, wrapping up the show, but I sure. did have one more question before I sort of went into you know where people can find you and all that sort of stuff. But um, roadblocks, opposition—did you have any of this getting this book out? And have you met with any of this? any any opposition or any roadblocks since you've published this book?
0: Well, fortunately, and this is, you know, we don't believe in coincidences for reasons I won't go into at the moment, but as we mentioned earlier, you know, we published the book at Christmas uh, last year. So it was just before this Corona nonsense hit us. So consequently, we don't mention in our book the word coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the great things why our book has not been delisted by places like Amazon. Because, you know, either in the book or the um, uh, Kindle, which you can also get and obviously it's cheaper. And most people in Australia seem to buy the Kindle for obvious reasons. um, Yes, I I think it's because we don't actually use those words. Um, I mean, we've had one or two of our podcasts taken down where we've mentioned coronavirus, so I'm I'm sure you're wise to that. So uh, I'm sure this particular podcast, you won't try putting it on YouTube because I don't think it'll last very long. Yeah, if I, you don't, do. I don't even bother No. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but generally, um, so don't no, you didn't have any big
3: groups that. coming up against you or any uh, doctors trying to call you out, like none of that sort of thing. Um
2: yes there is there is an article on a so I, I don't i don't really want to give them any uh, uh sort of airtime really but there That's is
3: fine a we we just allude to it then
2: yeah, yeah it's uh, it's yeah, it calls itself science-based something or other. I don't know. can't remember. I've not bothered looking at it, but a couple of people have said, oh, do you know that they're rubbishing your book? I mean, but we don't give it any energy. So just, I mean, we knew we were um, <clears throat> challenging the medical system, uh, the medical establishment system. So, you know, we, we weren't uh, um, <clears throat> naive to think that, you know, that people – Everyone would like it, uh, although we have to say that we 've had fantastic response from around the world a, around the world um, much much uh, greater than than we thought, so uh, well, there, the, the overall feedback is brilliant that's oh, awesome. we,
3: the reason why I asked is because i mean yeah. uh, let, you 're really doing a one hundred and eighty on everything that modern science and medicine is going on about modern, not modern science, but modern medical science is 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 telling everyone. Um, so I was like, well, if you're if you start to get opposition to this and you know, bad mouth and articles and negative publicity and blah blah blah, that just means you're over the target. So I mean, like, <laughs> you, it's yeah. it's good to get that kind of stuff in a sense because it means you, you're literally over the target. You know what I mean? And they're threatened by what you've put out. So it may only be early days yet, but let's hopefully uh, with more you know more press and more uh, the book getting spread around the place that maybe you'll start to get some of that negative publicity. But um yeah like i said don't don't think it is as, as a bad thing um just just like i said it means you're over the target so yeah yeah, well, yes,
2: and, yeah. Uh, thank you yeah
0: uh, and you're quite right and, and we say to and we've we've said this to doctors you know uh well if you think we're wrong uh show us your proof
3: <laughs> prove us wrong yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and, yeah, yeah and it shuts them up because they can't yeah. you know so that's so, we know we're okay. We just say, well, fine. If you don't believe us, show us your proof. Yeah. So, you'll because probably only... find
3: that they'll just be quiet. They probably won't want to give yeah. you too much attention because if they do, yeah. you know, they're going to um, draw it, well, they're going to put a light over it. And they don't want that because they, they like buying expensive cars and expensive homes <laughs> and they don't want to take that cash cow of, uh, the, you know, treating us as, as cattle away from it. You know what I mean? So, they don't want people getting healthy and well. They want sickness because it's. It's a big money spinner. It's a business, isn't it, Andy? It's all a business plan, as Andy uh, alludes to in many, many podcasts that we do. Uh, This is just a business plan. Hey, mate. It's all a business plan,
1: plan. and it has been since January. Yeah.
3: Awesome. Well, where can we, um, speaking of, you mentioned Amazon, but where else can people get a hold of you? I'll I'll, I'll say the website for folks, which is whatreallymakesyouill.com, but where else can people get a hold of you? Is that the best place, and where can they get your book?
0: Uh, well, it's the best place to, you know, because they can come to our website and we. There's free information up there. There's our videos and that that we've done and various articles. So there's a lot of free information there. Uh, they can write to us there. There's a contact form that they can get in touch with us if they want to. But uh, as well as Amazon, you can anywhere in the world where there's an Amazon, you can buy it. But there's also a lot of alternative uh, online book suppliers. Uh, which sometimes surprises me just how many there are, which uh, are also, uh, you can buy our book through. So, because I know some people don't like to buy through Amazon and mm. we know. I was going to say, understand. you're kind of
3: feeding the beast there a bit, but it's hard to avoid, yeah. isn't it?
2: <laughs> well, the point is that, but, you know, they do have a, a worldwide kind of uh, distribution audience. System. And so. Yeah. Yeah, well, we use the system, you know, to to help us. So yes, Um, but obviously with uh, the e-books, it's um, only available as a Kindle. So that obviously means um, Amazon
0: Amazon. Kindle. Yeah,
2: Uh, and I think in Australia, um, it's it's not a direct um, purchase through uh, Amazon. So I I think a lot of people have been telling us that uh, you know the postage makes the actual physical book quite expensive, Um, but uh, you know the. Uh, Kindle versions uh, easily available, and I, I think there, you know, quite a lot of people in Australia have, have used that, um, gone that method.
0: And uh, there, there is there is one uh, advantage to the Kindle version, um, being an electron an electronic copy, it's easily searchable you know, as uh, electronic copies are. And some people really like that. So, uh, you know, if they want to look up uh, (laughs) STDs, for instance. Oh, okay.
3: They they can just go to a certain chapter in the book rather than um, fiddling through the post-it notes they've got stuck to the top of the pages,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) So, uh, you know, so some people like that a a lot. And uh, we've even had people sort of buy both, you know, which is really nice Um, because obviously we we have bills to pay the same as anyone else. but. but uh, yeah, so, you know, go to our website, uh, you can find out more about us. Um, you can find out our backgrounds, which we never really talked about, uh, but uh, there's a, a little bio on there about us and w- what we do and uh, how we got into this. Um, and lots of information, which I think people will find helpful. And uh, you can also see the sort of uh, ratings that uh, people give us, you know, which are there's all five star ones, I'm happy to say on there. And uh, they can check the books out on Amazon, you know, and see that uh, generally they're five star ratings. People write their comments. And uh, so the book's been very well received, awesome. um, which to the, by the general public, which is really who we're writing for. We're not writing for the medical profession. We're writing for the general public to explain the truth of this matter. And uh, the general public really like what we do. So that uh, that makes us very happy.
3: Well, I'd love to say thank you once again for, for joining us here on the General Knowledge Podcast. Uh, once again, you guys are all the way over in the UK, and we're, of course, here in Australia doing the show, so thanks for sparing the time. I'm, it's probably only, what is it, about uh, 11 o'clock or something, roughly your time over there now?
0: Yeah, that's that's correct.
3: Yep. Um, nearly bedtime for me. But uh, yeah, anyway, so thanks again, guys, for, for sparing the time. Um, we really do appreciate it. Uh, you guys coming on the show uh, once again? We've we've been uh, here with Dawn Lester and David Parker talking about the book What Really Makes You Ill: Why Everything You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. Gentlemen, would you like to say goodbye to our
1: guests? Yes, thank you so much, David and Dawn. That was fantastic, and it's good to spread spread the love uh, like into into continental. And we're all uh, all in this fight together. It seems it's not just. Uh, in one part of the world, we're all uh, all pushing back against this cabal together now. So uh that's where the front is. So though so whoever is doing this, the you know, the so called cabal, they've got a real fight on their hands, haven't they? They
0: have. They certainly have. As as we said, there's more of us than there is of them. So we've just got to realise that, realize our strength and push back as hard as we can. Absolutely. So yes. thank, thank you, David. Thank you very much for having us on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh We may get to speak again in the not-too-distant future. No worries. I'll
3: I'll put links in uh, in the show notes for people to head over to your website so they can click through and head over to there, and I'll uh, include a link to to go uh, straight to um, the Amazon to purchase a copy of the book as well. Um, But, yeah, gentlemen, uh, Ethan and Andy, I'll get you to hang around um, for a bit of a post-show, quick chat. Um, But I'll let Dawn... And Dave go. thank you again. And uh, yeah, if um, if we can get in touch sometime in the future, we'd love to have you on again for another chat about uh, uh, this sort of topic once again, because uh, it's definitely, uh, like you said at the beginning, it's definitely a rabbit hole. Uh, we need to sort of keep going down. <laughs> so if you'd love to come yeah, back definitely. on some other time, I'd, I'll get in touch with yeah. you guys. We'd yeah, no, to. that'd be great. We'd thank you to.
2: very much. We'd love to. Fantastic.
3: Thank Thanks again. I'll, I'll let you guys end the call on your side there. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Okay, bye for bye. now.
3: Bye. Alrighty. Um well, that was fantastic. It was really good that's to cool. have them on on the show. That was awesome. Um, man, I mean, there's it really does change the whole paradigm of how you think of things, isn't it? When you realize that everything we've been told is wrong, you know. Um and that's yeah. exactly what they put on the front of the book, you know. <laughs> I think yeah. the tough part is just communicating that with people. That's why I thought it was pretty crucial to have these guys on the show because it's it's everything this season really just seems to be about a paradigm shift and just you know yeah um but yeah that, that was the that was one of the reasons why i was definitely keen to have them on after a shout out to bob too bob uh, who uh, put me onto them well done bob i um, he's going to be listening to this podcast so thanks bob for putting me onto these guys that's great um mm. ethan thoughts man
4: yeah i completely agree general absolutely with everything you just said yeah
3: it was awesome eh? good um good guest to have on very knowledgeable yeah.
1: Very yeah, absolutely, mate. For sure. A lovely couple. Yeah. There's so many, one thing that that has brought, you know, like out of this whole COVID nonsense, is it's brought a lot of like like-minded minds together throughout the whole world.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I've been noticing what, the same thing.
1: A, yeah. So you know, like it's in, in that sense, it's quite wonderful, you know, like just to like like bring people together and. You know, because really, we couldn't have kept on going in the same way, you know, like we're we're always coming up to this this time,
3: yeah, and I think that's why I like how Ethan mentioned earlier now he's been focusing on that you know where do we go from here then, what can we do, setting up communities um you know cause that's that's crucial, that's like otherwise we've just got to keep doing what we're doing, and that's clearly the wrong way to go, so you know yeah m- meeting up, getting with like minded people, um like you said, setting up communities. You know, even if it's just simple things like, you know, sharing food and growing things and all that sort of stuff, like it's just how crucial it really is. And it can just spawn these new things out of out of nothing, really. It just takes two people connecting and having a chat. And before you know it, boom, they're uh, providing each other with some awesome veggies or, you know, meats or whatever it is. It's So I'm really glad, Ethan, that you're um, sort of focusing on that, you know, sort of this, well, you're probably doing it for a little while, but I guess probably going into 2021, that it's probably going to be even more of a focus for you, man.
4: Yeah, for sure, General. Um, Mm -hmm. It's obviously been a big uh, component. We've got the uh, No Dig uh, Garden Series, um, which is a challenge series for full members of my website. Um, The Free Radicals are going to show you um, all the full members how to raise their own no-dig garden bed um, and some of the... You know, obstacles and what that involves and in in just going through and answering questions in the forums, you know what what can I do in this space? I live in an apartment, what can I do here? all this type of stuff. And you know it's all just about everyone becoming more informed and bouncing ideas off each other and most importantly, just staying connected. And um, I've been, a big proponent of, you know, not just my members, but everyone out there, join your own local community. If there's organic growers in, in your local area, you know, network and connect with them. Um, focus on other things like disconnecting from EMF technologies and um, some of the influences that they have in your life. You know, just take practical steps and there's tons of information on our websites on how to do this. Um, take practical steps to disconnect from the system, mm-hmm. Um you know, it's, it's, it's going to be vital, especially now with Agenda 2030, um, you know, on the horizon, the next decade will go pretty quick, everything that, that we've seen roll out, and of course, the continued expansion of this medical cult into every facet of our lives this merging of big pharma and medicine with the technocratic state um, which that's where the totalitarian rule will come from so it's vitally important Um, and i think as i said earlier that podcasts like this are the first step to kicking open that door general
3: yeah just opening that that yeah like you said yeah just a little crack in the door there so you can let that light in and uh and just make a small change. And you know, a small change will lead to another change. And before you know it, you've you've pretty much changed your the way of life and the way you live, and it's for the better. So, yeah, Absolutely. it's got to start somewhere. And hopefully uh, folks can, you know, if, they're, if they're curious about that sort of stuff, head over to tottnews.com. Suss out all that stuff that Ethan's been talking about. Join up as a member there, as a full member, and get access to all that goodness. Um, that sounds awesome, man. Um, yeah, I think we might wrap up the show there, boys. Thanks again for uh, for sparing the time and coming on today. I know you're, you're all busy, and... Uh, uh, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, General. No
4: worries, General. Thanks to all the listeners out there, as always.
3: Awesome. And big shout out to, we've got, uh, I've just had a couple of new Patreons come on board, too. Sirios, uh, or Siros, I'm not sure how you pronounce that name. Sorry, love. But, and uh, J. they've just got their name as, but I think it's JC, actually. Yeah, JC. Big shout out to you guys. Thanks for coming on board. And I hope you're enjoying the bonus content there. I've got another show coming up. Uh, with that one fellows I'm doing a recording tomorrow night and I'm diving well and truly deep into the Port Arthur Massacre rabbit hole so that's going to be a two part series that one Um, gentleman buyer of Oscar Zim, I'm pretty sure is joining me for that one and uh, we're going to go over a whole bunch of stuff uh, with regards to Port Arthur it's going to be cool Um, yeah anyway um, we'll wrap it up there thanks again guys